Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, are now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. Hey, like most of you, I had, not have, had trouble sleeping, but I sleep better than ever. And you know what? It's all because of a pillow. Mike Lindell's MyPillow has changed my life for the better, and it works. What makes MyPillow so different is their patented adjustable fill, Now, you can adjust the patented fill to your exact individual comfort need and get the support you absolutely must have. And that means you fall asleep faster, you stay asleep longer. It just works. Now, millions of people have already discovered that MyPillow works for them, and now it's time for you to experience MyPillow for yourself. Just go to MyPillow.com, use the promo code Sean, and when you do, Mike Lindell will give you his best offer ever. Buy one MyPillow, get another one absolutely free. Now, MyPillow is made in the USA, has a 10-year warranty, and a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. So get started and get the sleep you crave and deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity, and get Mike Lindell's special two-for-one offer. That's MyPillow.com, promo code Sean. And we got incredible economic news to uh, share with you today. Unemployment claims have now hit the lowest level in, well, nearly uh, half a century. Uh, when you break it down demographically, it's even more fantastic. The Dow has now added nearly $8 trillion in wealth to the U.S. economy. We have a big story with Apple, but the president now has taken to the podium in uh, Pennsylvania, just outside of Pittsburgh, and uh, he's holding a rally, and we'll dip into this. What a great place. What a great place. I met the workers and the people that really do make America great. They're incredible people. Thank you, and thank you for being here. 
You know, I'm very familiar with the setting, as you found out. This is uh, something special, and I am thrilled to be back in Pennsylvania with the hardworking men and women of H&K Equipment. Good job you do. Good job. Good job you do. We're honored to be joined by the Secretary of the Treasury, Steve Mnuchin, Director. Yo, look at that, Steve. They must know you. There's about 5% of this group. <laughs> the Director of National Economic Council, Gary Cohn, tax guy. He's our tax man. Where's Gary? Gary did a good job in those taxes. Everybody being helped by those taxes, huh? Big tax cuts. As well as a number of outstanding members of Congress, Representative Lou Barletta. He's been a friend of mine for a long time. Here's another one. Mike Kelly. Mike. I won't have you go through and over those gates. <laughs> Pat Meehan. Pat. Thank you, Pat. Great job you do, Pat. These are like real friends of mine for a long time. Representative Keith Rothfuss. Does everybody know him? Keith Rothfuss. Thank you, Keith. Thanks for being here, Keith. A man that everybody in Washington knows and so respects, Bill Schuster. Bill. Thanks, Bill. Representative G.T. Thompson. And you know this, G.T., a person that uh, people are hearing more and more about, a real friend and a spectacular man, Rick Saccone. And Mrs. Saccone, thank you for being here. Thank you. Special people. My daughter Ivanka is also here with us today. And she worked so hard on the child tax credit. Ivanka, come up. Come up here, will you? Come on. Come on up. And a very special thank you to George Cook for hosting us. Done a great, done a great job. Really a great job. Thank you. Thank you. What an incredible company. Ivanka, are you going to say a couple of words about the child tax credit? Boy, did you work hard. Say, come on. Hi, everyone. It is always amazing to be here in Pennsylvania and to be here with all of you. We worked so hard on tax cuts and tax reform. And the president, my father, was very specific about what he wanted to accomplish. It was so core to him to support hardworking, middle-income families, and the child tax credit is key to doing that. So it's going to be a big win for everyone in this room and everyone across this country, and we are very, very excited about that. 
doubling the standard deduction, the child tax credit, all of these elements that make this a very family-friendly plan, but also enable great American businesses like this one to thrive and be competitive in a global landscape. So we're very proud of it, and America is just starting to realize just how great our tax cut plan is. So more of that to come, but thank you for having me here. Thanks. Thank you, baby. Thank you very much, Ivanka. She worked hard. She's a hard worker. All of our kids are hard workers, right? They work, and we love to see it. And they're doing a terrific job for our country. I've come to the great city of Pittsburgh to stand with people. And those people are incredible workers. And to show the world that America is back and that we are coming back bigger and better and stronger than ever before. And we're making our own product again. And we're opening up our factories again. I mean, you take a look at what's going on where Toyota is coming in. And the other day, you just saw Chrysler announce they're moving from Mexico back to Michigan. You don't hear that too often with a big, big monster factory going to spend a lot of money. At the center of America's resurgence are the massive tax cuts that I just signed into law. And it's also reform, but I usually just say tax cuts because that's what people, when they don't want to hear about the reform, believe me, the reform is very important. We don't have to go into it. But the tax cuts are the most significant tax cut, most significant reform in American history with tremendous tax relief for working families, for small businesses, for big businesses that produce jobs, for just about everybody, tremendous numbers, and you're already seeing what's happening. You're seeing what's going on. The signs of America's comeback can be seen at companies like this one, which just had its most successful year in its 35-year history. Congratulations. Good job. And I just learned from the powers that be that H&K Equipment will soon be making a $2.7 million capital investment thanks to the new tax cut. So I appreciate that. And the workers appreciate that. It's good. You're doing great. Great job. Great, great equipment. That means more growth, and ultimately, it means more jobs. So congratulations. We have created nearly 2.2 million jobs since the election. The unemployment rate is at now an 18-year low. I would say 17 years, and now it just lifted to 18 years. The number of Americans applying for unemployment benefits just hit a 45-year low. Something I'm really proud of, because I've been saying it. What do you have to lose? African-American unemployment is at its lowest level ever recorded. Female unemployment is at the lowest level in 17 years. Hispanic American unemployment has hit its all-time lows. 
Lowest ever. Pensions and retirement accounts are surging in value as the stock market smashes one record high after another. How many people have 401ks here? You're brilliant investors. I've had people come up, sir. My wife thinks I'm the most brilliant investor because I made 42% in the last 10 months. And that's pretty good. But people are happy. Anybody unhappy with the 401k? I don't think so, right? Wow. If we can keep it like this, we're going to win a lot of elections, that I can tell you. It's something. No, it's something. It's the economy, stupid. Did you ever hear that one? It's the economy. It is indeed. As soon as... Really, a few weeks from now, millions of American workers will be seeing the signs of America's comeback in their paychecks in February. Very simply, your paychecks will be much bigger because under our tax cuts, you will be keeping more of your hard-earned money. We are doubling the child tax credit, increasing the refundable credit by 40 percent. 40, not 14, 40. And we are making the child credit available to more families than ever before, not even close. When we began our push for tax cuts, I promised that our bill would result in more jobs, higher wages, and tremendous relief for middle-class families. And that is exactly what we have delivered. There's only one thing. Even I never knew how big it would be. It's much bigger, and you see it, than anybody anticipated. We kept our promise. In Pennsylvania alone, families will see a tax cut of about $11 billion just this year alone. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. A typical family of four earning $75,000 will see an income tax cut of more than $2,000 a year. This is like a $2,000 raise, slashing their income tax bill in half. Many will save much more than that. Ken Wilson is a great example. Where's Ken? Ken Wilson. The legendary Ken Wilson. Hi, Ken. Come on over here where we see you, Ken. you got to be happy with this. Is Ken doing a good job? Ken's doing a good job. Everybody knows Ken. Come on over here, Ken. Come on up here, Ken. Come on, if you can make it. He'll figure out how to get that thing open. If he can't do it, nobody can, right? That's what he does. He works on machinery all the time. Ken joined H&K 14 years ago as a mechanic and worked his way up to become a project foreman. Because of our tax cuts, Ken will save almost $2,200 in income taxes. 2000 So, Ken, you just got a $2,200 raise, huh? Come here. And if I had a head of hair like that, I would have, I really would have been. I would have been president years ago, Ken. Years ago. 
But we've nearly doubled the amount of income taxed at the rate of zero. So, Ken, you've seen a big difference? Absolutely. Come here. Thank you, man. He said, he said just the right thing. You never know. <laughs> Want to say, say something to your workers. Say something to your co-workers. Uh, it's not just uh, me. It's everybody as a whole. This company is an incredible company. We work with a bunch of great people. Uh, everybody pulled together this week and pulled this off. It was, an, it was a sight to see. It's something to always remember here. So uh, thank everybody. Obviously, thank you, That's Mr. Trump. Job. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. He did good. He didn't know about that. He didn't know at all about that. Right, Ken? Good job. All right, we're going to break right there. We, uh, we're going to continue this. I mean, uh, some amazing economic statistics. We'll get into all of that today. Uh, just as another point of news we are following so the House Intel Committee have been telling you that they got these documents last minute from the Department of Justice. They're now beginning the process of sharing with members of Congress, and uh, we're getting dribs and drabs of information, and it is probably as explosive as I've been hearing. We'll get to that today. Pat Buchanan, Sarah Carter. The NYPD is rated Newsweek. We'll get an update on that coming up. We substantially reduce tax rates on American companies. Economists estimate that annual household income will rise by an average of $4,000. Think of that. More than 2 million American workers have already received a tax cut bonus from their employers, pay raises, more money for retirement, checks as high as $2,000 or more, all because of our tax cuts. And it hasn't even been a month since I signed the bill. It's turned out to be much bigger than we all thought. Even the people that did it, Right, Gary, and right, all of the congressmen that voted for us and fought so hard. Nobody had any idea. One thing we didn't project in a positive way, nobody thought that the companies were going to step up and pay all of these great bonuses to people. AT&T started it. But they came up and they paid all of these bonuses. A Florida software company, Spellex, just announced $1,000 tax cut bonus for its workforces. Apple just announced they are giving their employees tax cut bonuses worth $2,500 each. And because of our business tax reforms, Apple has just announced that they are bringing $350 billion and putting it into investment into our country. $350 billion. $350 And when I heard the news yesterday, and Tim Cook is a great guy, the head of Apple, and when I heard the, the news, I heard $350 billion. I said, you mean $350 million? That's going to be a beautiful plant. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. We're going to go back to this speech that the president, and you haven't missed a second, is now giving. It's just outside Pittsburgh, um, as he is now really highlighting the economic success that he has had since he's been president. We got a lot to get to today. The quote looming shutdown that nobody knows about. More importantly, our top story today is that the DOJ dump that they finally made at the last minute. This is getting interesting. Now, other congressmen and women have had access to it today. 
the, the little dribs and drabs of information I'm slowly accumulating, I'm actually working as, as we're playing the speech, are devastating in terms of FISA abuses. So we'll get to all that. But back to the president outside of Pittsburgh. They said, no, it's $350 billion. And I just called Tim Cook and I thanked him. But I don't imagine there's ever been an investment that big in this country by a company. And uh, just think of what that means. And they're going to build plants. And I think some of you remember, I said, I will not consider our economic situation complete until we get Apple to start building some of those massive plants in the United States. They're going to build plants. They're going to build a big campus. They're really going to town. So we want to thank Apple. $350 billion. All right. Pretty good. Here in the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, thousands of workers have already received tax cut bonuses thanks to employers like Comcast, Next Year Bank, American Airlines, PNC Financial, names I'm very familiar with. One of those hardworking Pennsylvanians is Kevin Hodes. Kevin is a Marine Corps veteran who received a Bronze Star and a Purple Heart for his courageous service during three tours in Iraq. And a great, proud person. Where's Kevin? Where is Kevin? Kevin? He kept that hand out. He didn't want to come up and speak. (laughs) Thank you, Kevin. He started working for Comcast in 2016, and last week he received a $1,000 bonus check thanks to our tax cuts right out of Comcast, right into his bank. Now he's taken his family on a well-deserved vacation, Kevin, to visit his grandparents in Florida, right? Thank you, Kevin. See you in Florida. I want to thank you for your service, for your patriotism, and uh, congratulations for the bonus. It's really great. Millions of people. Not only are we already seeing the benefits of higher wages and bigger salaries, much bigger salaries, but we're also seeing the creation, very importantly to me, of new jobs. Pete O'Connor owns a personnel company called Carol Harris Staffing right here in Pittsburgh. Pete says that businesses of all kinds are seeing increased demand just recently, and they're hiring more and more workers. And that's only really great news, not only for Pete, it's great news for all of the people in Pittsburgh, for the citizens of Pennsylvania, and Americans all across our country. Where's Pete? Pete? Thank you, Pete. You're seeing a big difference, right? Big difference? Big difference. We're putting America back to work, and we're ensuring the forgotten men and women of our country are never, ever forgotten again. Remember the deplorables? The deplorables. We're all deplorables. Who would have thought that was going to turn into a landslide, right? Who would have thought that was going to turn in? That was not a good phrase that she used. Uh, Some things you'd like to have back. 
And the good news keeps pouring in. Americans' monthly utility bills are also going down because major electric companies have announced they will pass their savings from taxes onto their customers. Tremendous reduction in certain companies and people's energy costs. That means we're not only seeing higher wages, but lower energy bills. And that's because of the tax cuts, but it's also because of the regulation cuts. When I spoke to the folks in the plant, they said the biggest thing is what's happened is regulations, cutting of the regulations. And we have regulations, but they're fair and they're reasonable. And they're actually just as stringent. But you go to one group for, a, for an okay. You don't have to get it 19 different times or seven times or go to different agencies. It's within the realm of reasonable, and that's why people are opening up, they're expanding, and they're hiring more people. Our tax bill also took a historic step to restore health care freedom. No longer will the federal government punish you for fines if you can't afford an Obamacare-mandated health plan because we repealed Obamacare's cruel, it was cruel, individual mandate where you were supposed to go out and you pay in order not to have to buy health care. Think of it. It should have been rejected a long time ago by a lot of different people, including the courts, surprisingly. But we were able to repeal it. We got rid of the individual mandate. And you'll see what that means. It is such a big factor for so many people. It was so unfair. It's gone. We've also opened up Anwar in Alaska for energy exploration. <laughs> creating even more jobs and more and more energy savings. But that's the biggest one. They've been trying to do that since Ronald Reagan. For over 40 years, they've been trying to open Anwar. We got it open. There has never been a better time to hire in America, to invest in America, and to believe in the American dream than right now. There is no limit to what we can achieve when we set free the dreams of our incredible people. You're incredible people. Americans crossed oceans, tamed the wilderness, dug out the Panama Canal, and launched a man onto the face of the moon. American hands and grit poured the concrete in our highways and forged the steel in our skyscrapers. Americans built the Hoover Dam, the magnificent Hoover Dam, if you've ever seen it. The Empire State Building, they built it in one year. Nobody knows that. One year. It's actually less than one year. The Empire State Building. We won two world wars. Americans do anything, build anything, and create anything, as long as we have pride in our country, confidence in our values, and respect for our great American flag. Because America doesn't belong to the Washington power brokers. It belongs to you, and I think we've taught them that. 
Doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean it's easy. It's nasty in Washington, but step by step by step, just keep going, right? Go and stay. It is a nasty place. Woo. But we're getting it. Nobody thought we were going to have this kind of success so quickly. Thank you, darling. It belongs to the American people. With our destiny in your hands, America will once again be a nation that thinks big, dreams bigger, and always reaches for the stars. Nothing will keep this incredible nation of ours down. Nothing will stop us from reaching the highest peaks because nothing is stronger than the strength and will and spirit of the American people. You are the ones who will shape America's destiny, especially all of these beautiful young people in the front. You are the ones who will restore our prosperity. And you are the ones who are making America great again. So, as many of you know, that's what I talked about. Make America great again. America first. We put America first now. We're doing trade deals. We're doing a lot of things that I said we were going to be doing. It's not easy. These other countries have become very, very spoiled with taking advantage of us. But take advantage of us no longer. Because now we want their country. For them, it should be their country first. But for us, it's America first. That's the way it is. So I want to thank the people of the great, great, great state of Pennsylvania. You remember that big night on November 8th? Donald Trump has won the state of Pennsylvania. Right? And I want to thank the people in this room. You are my friends. You are truly great, great people. And you are making America tick. You are really very special. Thank you all for being here. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. That's the president, his remarks, speaking at H&K Equipment. And he's talking about how the economy has dramatically changed for the better. And he gave out a lot of information and statistics today that I'm sure the mainstream media will never focus on. There's been 2.2 million jobs created since he's been elected. Chrysler moving from Mexico to Michigan. That's a dramatic change of pace. You have Chrysler. uh, You have massive tax cuts. Of course, we've discussed at length Uh, relief for small businesses and families and You know, I think one of the best thing they did is get rid of a lot of these burdensome regulation. They got rid of about 20 to every one new one that they put in. Um, You know, we can look at some other numbers. Unemployment claims have now hit the lowest level in nearly a century. That's out today. I mean, the total number of workers claiming unemployment insurance fell to its lowest level in 45 years. I doubt fake news. Well, hang on. Whole fake news network. CNN is going to talk about it. Or the uh, conspiracy network. Anyway, but in the first two weeks of 2018, the number of applications claiming unemployment insurance dropped by 41,000 workers. That's the lowest record number since February 24th, 1973. 
The numbers came out one week after the Department of Labor announced the total number of workers who actually receive unemployment insurance fell to the lowest level in 44 years at the end of 2017. I mean, these are incredible numbers. On top of that, and I know there's people that there's going to be, I'm sure, ups and downs for those of you just that look at the stock market. It's not my biggest barometer, but it's certainly a good thing that there's such confidence in the markets. But the Dow at 26,000 has added nearly $8 trillion in new wealth to the U.S. economy, and that was in Investor's Business Daily. I mean, that's an incredible number. I mean, the Dow at 26,000, that's up 7,000 since he became president. So it's a huge windfall for the entire country. You heard the president bringing people on stage and how much more they're going to have in their paycheck, $2,000 or more. That's a raise for everybody. Um, we know that burdensome regulation is is really incredible. He talked about the move towards energy independence, which I have been saying for so many years on this program, will not only be good for our national security, but high-paying career jobs for so many people. He finally got Anwar opened up. Unemployment now at an 18-year low. Applications at a 45-year low. Black unemployment in America, the lowest ever recorded, he said. Female unemployment, the lowest in 17 years. Hispanic unemployment, the lowest ever recorded. The Obamacare mandate is is cruel and unfair, and it's gone. Anwar is now finally opened up. How many people tried to get Anwar opened up? And people's paychecks are going to be better. They've doubled the child tax credit. And families will get a tax cut of about $11 billion this year alone. And economists are estimating that annual household income will rise by an average of $4,000. This is real interesting stuff. Now, we do have a looming shutdown. We'll get to that today. We do have members of Congress that have now had an opportunity to see what the DOJ has been dumping last minute on the House Intel Committee, and I am told it is devastating in terms of the abuse of power. And uh, one person that saw it told me, Mueller needs to end his investigation. Peter Strzok, Lisa Page need to be fired. Bruce Orr needs to be fired. McCabe needs to be fired. And Rosenstein needs to be fired. And it will prove that the Comey firing was justified. That's just the tip of the iceberg. So we'll get an update on that from Sarah Carter today. And Pat Buchanan's going to join us. All right, this looming government shutdown thing is a bunch of nonsense. Give me what I want or I'm not going to fund the government. All right, a bunch of crybaby sore losers that can't get their job done. I don't care about government shutdowns. I don't care. And if the Democrats want to shut it down, shut it down. Because nobody gets hurt in the meantime. And everybody will get their money back. It always happens. All right, Pat Buchanan. Um, we have the the beginnings. Congressmen are now making their way over to look at the information that the DOJ at the last minute dumped on the House Intel Committee. And I am told it is blockbuster. Sarah, uh, Sarah Carter, Luke Rosiak on Debbie Wasserman Schultz and so much more, including the fake news awards. The tax cuts and tax reform has not been working well for the Democrats now. Yesterday, you saw with Apple, $350 billion investment. Now they're also giving thousands of dollars to their employees. That's happening all over the country, and I'm really happy. People are really doing well. They're doing better than they have in years. And to be honest, the tax cuts, not only have they worked, they're working much bigger and much faster than we ever thought possible. We'll talk to you later.
Rick, Rick Saccone said he was Trump before Trump. Rick is a great guy. I think he's going to do really well. He's a great guy. He loves this area, loves this country. Uh, he just met me at the plane. He's here someplace. But uh, actually, this is about uh, tax cuts today. You know, this is about our economic reform. But uh, Rick is a great guy and special. He's a special person. He won this. You won this district by 20 points. Right. Can he do as well as you? I hope so. I want him. I just said to him, I hope you're going to do as well. But we're here. We're going to be. We're going to be helping him. I'll be back for Rick, and uh, we're going to fill up a stadium, and we're going to do something really special for Rick. I look forward to it. Okay. Mr. President, a lot of steel workers. We'll see what happens. Now, if there's a shutdown, again, I really believe the Democrats want a shutdown to get off the subject of the tax cuts because they've worked so well. Nobody thought, including the Democrats, they could work this well. They've been so good that I think the Democrats would like to see a shutdown in order to get off that subject. That is not a good subject for them, the tax cuts, because of the way they've worked. All right, that was the president outside of Pittsburgh not that long ago, and uh, he went through a litany of all the success that he has had in just a short period of time. And, you know, you got 2.2 million new jobs, Chrysler coming from Mexico to Michigan, the massive tax cuts, the end of burdensome regulation, 20 regulations wiped away for every new one. You got relief for small businesses and families and Unemployment now at an 18-year low. Applications for unemployment at a 45-year low. Black unemployment at the lowest recorded level ever. Female unemployment the lowest in 17 years. Hispanic unemployment the lowest ever recorded. The Obamacare mandate is gone. And, yeah, we're going to be drilling in Anwar finally. And, of course, fracking has been saved and the coal industry has been saved. But that's only part of the news today. Patrick J. Buchanan joins us now. How are you, sir? Doing fine, Sean. Sounds um, like a good economy. Maybe there's a good reason why the stock market's done fairly well lately. Uh, I'm sure, Pat, you've got millions in there, so I'm sure you're very happy about it. <laughs> Smile every morning, Sean. Yeah, I bet you the Irish eyes are smiling, my friend. I have no doubt about it. Um, I want to get your take. You've, you, look, you've been in the media for however many years have you ever seen it this bad in terms of going after one person like they've gone after Trump? Never seen it, Sean. I came into uh, came into journalism in 1962, about a couple of months before the Cuban Missile Crisis began writing editorials. And I've gone through LBJ, who was seriously pounded back in 67, 68. Nixon, of course, during Watergate was horrendous. I was in the White House then and with Reagan and Iran-Contra. I've never seen anything like this. Uh, the only thing might compare with it initially, but uh, nothing sustainable for a full year like this. And I'm surprised. Uh, I mean, I give Trump credit. He gets up every morning, smiles, and starts punching back. It does a... He's, I mean, he, there is a real constitution to the fellow in a small C sense to be able to take all this stuff and keep coming back and smiling and throwing punches. Yeah, I mean, but it's the stories also they're not covering. I, I don't know how much you're following what we're doing on this program and on TV at night, but, you know, every... Uh, Go ahead. I follow it very closely, Sean, and I'll tell you, 
I think you're doing an outstanding job there. And there's really two great issues being covered or, or two great stories here. One, of course, we know about is Mueller's supposed to be closing in. But Mueller's, they found no collusion. I think what they're trying to do now is to set up sort of a, uh, you know, a uh, obstruction of justice. And they can't do that to try to get some kind of not telling the truth to a federal agent. On the other side is what you're doing is, is the truth is about Russian intervention in the election. Russian agents gave a lot of lies to this British spy who gave them to his employer, you know, uh, uh, Fusion GPS, which was paid by Hillary Rodden Clinton and the DNC. And that caused the FBI to expand an investigation and to go seek FISA warrants and survey and wiretap an American campaign and go after a candidate. And the bias of the FBI at its top levels, I'm saying, in that investigation for Hillary Clinton was obvious in the way they handled the investigation of her. They went in the tank. Well, and also, look, I don't know if you've, you've been around government a long time. You ever hear of an exoneration before an investigation, Patrick J. Buchanan? Not before 17 key witnesses and the principal were even interrogated and she was allowed to bring in her lawyer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the most, and that wasn't put under oath on top of it. You know, I think in the end, we've got a lot of different things happening here. Uh, so Matt Gates, uh, he's this congressman from Florida. I think he's like a, one of the new rock stars there. He's part of the Freedom Caucus, of co- course. And he actually was on Fox Business a few moments ago saying, because remember, there was the last minute DOJ dump of subpoenaed documents that the House Intel Committee was looking for, Pat, and they got it after Rod Rosenstein literally went into Paul Ryan's office begging him, begging him not to allow the DOJ to release this information. And he was looking for Ryan not to side with uh, Devin Nunes of the Intel Committee. Anyway, so now Matt Gates is on TV, and he's literally saying that he just read and this is the first availability that other members have had today, but they got to read it, obviously, in private. They can't remove the documents. But he just said, and he read it, and he said, it is a threat to our democracy regarding the FBI, the DOJ, and President Trump. A vote on this to be released needs to be done now. Now, it gets worse than that. I talked to one person today that had some access to some of the information, and I'm only getting dribs and drabs here. And I was told earlier in the week that this would shock the conscience of the American people. And one person said this will absolutely justify Comey's firing and Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, Bruce Orr, McCabe and Rosenstein himself will need to be fired as a result of all of this. And that a lot of it and Mueller will need to end his investigation as a result of this information. I don't know what to say this. The key thing, this has got to be gotten. I mean, you're doing a great job there at night every evening. But this has got to be gotten on the front page. And we've got to take the narrative, if you will, away from this being the constant preoccupation with what they haven't produced in 18 months collusion and get this major story on page one. But I would mean, from what I have seen, while you can't conclude, the circumstantial evidence, if for everything you just said, about all these folks in there, the bias inside the FBI, the way they really favored Hillary Rodham Clinton during that investigation, and the idea that the Russians did get inside the presidential election and, and had the, frankly, had the mainstream media printed that dossier 
as they were pushing the media to do, I think it would have changed the election. I think it would have taken down Trump. I mean, you only needed a few thousand votes in those swing states, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, to take him down. John, so I really, this is a this is a tremendous story. You're exactly right, but it, it is ninety percent of whose stories are against Trump. To put it on page one, I I honestly don't mind being out on a limb, hanging by a twig here, all by myself, which I've done, frankly, my whole career. I'm not, I'm not looking for credit. There are a few of us that are doing this, but everybody that knows is telling me that the very thing you're talking about and what some congressmen have now seen, and we're going to have a full report. Sarah Carter is going to be reporting at the bottom of the hour. I think this is going to be a very big report coming up. But when you have this scenario, imagine, Pat, that it was Donald Trump that rigged a primary election. Imagine it was Donald Trump that had the FBI director uh, and other FBI members take back from the field offices of the FBI an investigation and put it in a special category, wrote an exoneration before investigation. It was Hillary that bought and paid for the phony Russian dossier, and I, I thought that was such a horrible thing to be involved with the bad actor Putin in Russia, which, by the way, I agree with. I don't want anybody messing with our elections. But she paid for lies, and then those lies, it's now 100% confirmed, were used as the basis for a FISA warrant against an opposition candidate in a presidential election year and against an incoming president-elect and his team. Now, Pat, I, I, I've got to believe you were there for Watergate, my friend. You were one of the last ones, as a matter of fact. Uh, I've got to believe that this, if this is Trump, he's gone. But it's oh, not- listen, if this were Trump, he would be finished. You're exactly right. Well, if this were Trump, the story that you are talking about right now, this huge story, that would be the one on page one. And the media were saying, well, let's, who cares about whether they, you know, these fellows might have talked to the Russians about sending something to WikiLeaks. That's not a story. They would be right on top of this one. But the key thing, Sean, as I mentioned, is you've got to get it on page one. I will say this. Back to, I watched the cable news very closely, closely, and back around Christmas, you could see that the, basically the mainstream media was saying this other issue is being raised about the credibility of the investigation, about Mueller, about the dossier, about what they did to get those fights warrants. They said this is all coming forward. It looked like that story was going to predominate, but it does not. There are these two stories there. And the one larger story, I think, and the fresher one where you get new, more information is the one you're talking about. But the other one, now they got, they got, they're running after Bannon, you know, and so they now got pushing that on page one. So this is really, a, I mean, it tells well, you. Well, they jump from, from crisis to crisis to crisis as long as it's anti-Trump. Look, there was, sure. a, there was an 11 count indictment last week, Pat, as on Uranium One. The week before, we learned that the DOJ had been open up an investigation in the Clinton Foundation for months. Now, I didn't know that was happening, but that is confirmation that what we've been following, as one person and a source of mine said, I'm over the target. You know, but it's that's uranium. Then the email server investigation is now back in play because the fix had been in and it had been rigged. And then on you know, top Sean, of But the key thing here is Arthur Schlesinger said, you know, Mark said power is control of the means of production. 
power in our time is control of the means of communication. I saw up on Drudge, and I read a story there. Ninety percent of what is written about the president of the United States and he's the number one topic for the last year almost every day, 90% is negative. And I'll tell you, it's a testament to the American people that one horrible story after another, they still are sticking with the guy, and the guy is, I mean, he's doing, I mean, whatever you say about it, some of his mistakes and things, I mean, he takes he takes a beating like those old British heavyweights. <laughs> Listen, and he keeps fighting. They just stand up there and... Do you think we're going to win this, even with the media basically blacking out the biggest story of their lifetime? This story has got to, if you will, pop onto the front pages. And frankly, but the as for the other side, the, the story is Mueller and his investigation. And those guys are clearly moving. And, what, if, see, and they're still talking about the indictments they brought. I don't know, Sean. Again, I mean, it's very tough to defeat them. I mean, the media is a real power in this country. It is immense political power, and it's almost unchained and untrammeled. And it's now it's fire main main line. So you don't know at this point which sides you don't know which side's going to win, do you? That's what you're saying to me. I don't think. I mean, I don't see anything impeachable. I don't see how they. I don't either. They take Trump. Let me say this. What's happened to the Mueller investigation, and partly from what you guys have done, the American people don't, they believe this is a political war. Mueller's one, on one side, he's being cheered by the, by the media, and he's being applauded and everything from everybody on their side of the field. And Trump is being applauded by, by our side of the field. And if they come down with some kind of charges of Trump and try to go for an impeachment, I don't think it'll go, even if the Democrats control the House. I just don't believe they can do it. All right, Pat Buchanan. So it's going to have to take something else. But yeah. I will say this is this is as exciting as it was in Watergate during the late fall of '73, Sean. This is bigger than Watergate, Pat. I'm promising you. Well, that was pretty big. I think I got a lot of my friends can tell you about that from their Pat, minimum security facilities. This this is bigger, and I'm speaking from knowledge, not from I'm not guessing here. Uh, well, we got to get, get it on page one, Sean. You're doing a great job, but it's got to get up there. No, I agree with you. All right, Pat. And thank it's you. It's got to be sustained by the major media. Appreciate it, Pat Buchanan. When we come back, Sarah Carter will blow this wide open. So what is what did the DOJ send over to the House Intel Committee? We're getting uh, new information as we speak. we got a lot more coming up in the course of the program today. Uh, Luke Rosiak is investigating Wasserman Schultz. All right, glad you're with us, Sean Hannity Show. All right, um, well, I'm just working the phones here. Uh, so what happened is, if you remember, I've been telling you about the subpoenaed documents by the House Intel Committee. They were given to the Department of Justice. The Department of Justice delay, 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 delay. Anyway, last minute, the night, it's literally coming up to the midnight hour. And Devin Nunes, who is the chair of the House Intel Committee, he's saying to... The Justice Department, okay, if you don't do it, we're going to take every legal means at our disposal, and we're going to get this information. All right, Rod Rosenstein, the guy that appointed Mueller, he goes to plead with Paul Ryan. Please don't make us turn these things over. It's turned over. I am told, again, I've been telling you for days now, that it is shocking to the conscience and the American soul when people will see this. Well, now members of Congress have had the opportunity to go see it today, and we're getting dribs and drabs about it. I'll explain. We'll have a full report. Sarah Carter, Congressman Matt Gates, who saw it today, 
and much more. We'll have a big report tonight on Hannity, 10 Eastern, uh, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. ...about this Russian dossier and their evidence... All right, hang on. We don't have time. I don't want to waste a minute of time. I got to set this up here because this is important. So I want to explain to everybody what we're about to do here is really important. So anyway, the, the House Intel Committee has been trying to get information from the Department of Justice... They had it under subpoena. They've been asking and requesting for a long period of time. Anyway, so the final hours before the deadline is reached, all of a sudden, Rod Rosenstein, he goes into the Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan's office, begging, do not make us release this. Why he did that, that's a question that will need to be answered in the days to come. Bottom line is, at the last minute, the last hour, the DOJ hands over documents to the House Intelligence Committee. Now, the little dribs and drabs that I've been able to get, I was only told that it will shock the conscience of the American people and that this goes to the to the heart and soul of our constitutional republic. It was that severe. The information is that damning. So for the first time today, members of Congress have had the opportunity to go and look at that. All they could do is look at the some of the documents, the summary of what it is that they have discovered. And I am told that as a result, this is my own intelligence that I'm putting together through numerous sources I have, that the justification for Comey's firing is way beyond the any standard that people like Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and Bruce Orr and Andrew McCabe and Rod Rosenstein all need to be fired and investigated. That's how severe this is. Then I am being told this should immediately bring an end to the Mueller special counsel, that this is an abuse of FISA warrants, an abuse of the Constitution, our Fourth Amendment rights against unreasonable search and seizure. The House rules allow all of this information to be made available to we, the people, the public. And there is now a movement within the Freedom Caucus that there will be no continuing resolution until this information is released. It's that powerful. Joining us now, Fox News contributor and investigative reporter Sarah Carter. We've been unpeeling this onion night after night after night now for almost a year. Also, Matt Gates, congressman from Florida, and he is a member of the Freedom Caucus. Uh, before I get to Sarah, Congressman, have you seen, have you taken the time to go over and see this information? I have, Sean, and only since 1 o'clock today have members of Congress been able to evaluate the intelligence that has been collected through the great work of Devin Nunes, Trey Gowdy, and others. I have seen the intelligence memo, and it is absolutely essential that we get this information into the public square immediately, Sean. And it's worth noting that we had a partisan vote on whether or not even members of Congress could see this intelligence every Democrat on the Intelligence Committee voted against allowing me and Ron DeSantis and Jim Jordan and others to view this information. The Republicans voted for it. But I don't think it's enough to just have members of Congress looking at this, these damning allegations. We have got to show this to the American people, because it's my belief that if we can get this document and the supporting evidence 
to the public. It will really show what's been going on. I cannot discuss the specifics of the information. I've got to be very careful not to do that. But I can tell you, Sean, you are likely to feel very vindicated about the claims made on your television show and throughout the country. This investigation of Donald Trump is a sham. It was a setup. And we have got to know more and we've got to show the American people what's happened. That is a profound statement. And uh, listen, I know people think, oh, you're a talk show host. We have been digging deep. And, and I will tell you, people like Sarah Carter and John Solomon and people like Greg Jarrett and Victoria Tunsing and Tom Fitton, there's, a, there's only a few of us, to be honest. I mean, less than a dozen of us that have been digging deep into all of this. Sarah Carter, um, I don't know if you had an opportunity to speak to any of the people that got a chance to go over and see this today. Uh, Is my description, does that match the things you're hearing? It matches what you're saying. It matches what Congressman Gates is saying. I have also had the opportunity to talk to several sources about this. It is possibly, if this, if this information gets to the public the way the Congress wants it to get to the public, that means probably within the next few weeks, hopefully by the end of the month, is what I'm told. Why do we have to wait to the end of the month? Fired. Oh, oh, wait, people, say it People will what? Finish your sentence. I'm sorry. People in the FBI and the Department of Justice will be fired and who knows how far this could go? This apparently, what is in this documentation is so troubling. The conduct uh, by the people who were involved uh, in the case and uh, alongside with the dossier and everything involved with the FISAs, uh, the abuse was so extensive that uh, it certainly, once the public sees it, I think that people can move forward and those people that were involved with it will be held accountable. And that's what I was told. Can you go a little bit further in in what you're hearing? Uh, This is what I've heard, that the players are known, the tactics are exposed, that we have a coordinated effort. uh, We'll call them deep state, high rank. By the way, not rank and file. I want to always be clear. Not rank and file intelligence committee. uh, I'm sorry, intelligence officers, not rank and file FBI officers, but the, the higher echelons of the deep state, if you will, that they literally it proves a coordinated and documented effort to try and undo the, uh, to try and stop a president or or candidate Trump from ever getting elected and then to undo a presidential election is it that severe according to the sources i've spoken with it is that severe and will the and american people see that a lot of people answering for what they have done. And there needs to be an extensive investigation. One of my questions is, could what people have seen today, could this lead to criminal prosecutions? And it's very possible. Well, and and Sean, this is Matt. I can tell you, having looked at the information, it became very clear to me why Senator Graham and Senator Grassley wanted to refer matters for criminal prosecution. It also led me to believe that the initial referral of the Fusion GPS people for criminal prosecution may not be the final referral if there is other criminal conduct that is found. I think that after this information is released, we'll also have a lot of questions about what role the media and media reports and the mainstream media have played in the misinformation about our president and really in service of 
the people who've wanted to disrupt this presidency both before and after our national election. So those will be things that we'll have more questions about after we get this information into the public square. One area where I may disagree with Sarah slightly, and she has done phenomenal work on this and many other subjects, I don't think we can wait two weeks or a month. I want this information out immediately. If you have people currently in positions of power within our government who are working to undermine our democracy and the current president of the United States, that is not a... Congressman Gates, wait, wait, slow down. The evidence is there in this information that would show... I lost. I feel like I couldn't pass the test, the cognitive test the president passed. But but you're saying that they literally have been trying to remove illegally the president of the United States of America. Well, I will leave that judgment to the American people when this information is released. But I think that we've got to get it out there, Sean. I mean, look, Republicans have been trying to get this information to the public. Democrats have been fighting against that. They didn't even want me to be able to see the information. They didn't want other members of Congress to see it. But I've been around this place for about a year now, and I don't think a bunch of secrets within the Congress serve the country well. We need to get this information out. And, I mean, if this is so serious, I would schedule an emergency meeting of the Congress tonight, Tomorrow, this weekend, whatever I had to do procedurally to get a vote on this issue, let's let the public know. I think that will vindicate Chairman Devin Nunes. I think it will vindicate a number of other claims other people have made. And I think that it will show us where we've got to have a surgery to remove the cancer that currently exists within the deep state so that we can trust our government institutions again. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, this this information needs to be in the public eye. And I agree with you, uh, Congressman Gates. I would like to see it within the hour. I wish it would come out within the hour. I've been told that it may take some time. Uh, but if if not, if this can be moved quicker, I think it's valuable information for the American people. Actually, it's an international concern because this has affected both foreign policy and domestic policy, and it's really hampered the ability of the administration to move forward. All right, let me, let me, ask, the, let me ask this question, because sure. will this go to the heart, too, of the special counsel? In other words, that this, this whole thing has been a witch hunt from the beginning. Uh, everything I've said publicly about this being a witch hunt, uh, I continue to believe with even more fervor after reviewing this document. Again, I want to be careful about disclosing top-secret information, but really this information... Well, if I get shot and Sarah and I get shot before 9 o'clock tonight, we'll know why, because uh, there's only been a few of us that have been getting this information out. Uh, Well, the other thing, Sean, I just want to make this point. We should not evaluate this exercise solely as a way to find out what happened in the past. I am concerned that there may be ongoing efforts, ongoing undermining of our president and our democracy if we don't take swift action. So the American people shouldn't just think, well, we're looking in the rearview mirror here at things that have happened previously. There could be real threats to our democracy going forward if we do not disclose this information and then start having some compare this role over at Justice and the FBI. Compare this to Watergate. How much worse? So I was much, sitting I, next to Mark Meadows. 
Yeah, I was sitting next to Mark Meadows as we were reviewing the intelligence information together, and he turned to me and said, I never thought we'd see something worse than Watergate. And that was, the, that was his first reaction upon reading the introductory paragraph of the, of the intelligence memo. Oh, my God. Sarah? I, I, I couldn't agree more, because what we're seeing here is an undermining of a U.S. election, uh, a vote by the American people for a president, and apparently, according to people who've had access to this information, what they've seen is people within the government undermining the rights of the American people and the foundation that our country is built upon. This is something that really needs to be exposed. It needs to be investigated, Sean. And Congressman Gates brought up a very good point. While we're here talking about this, the people who are involved in this debacle of the FISA abuse are still sitting in government. So something needs to be done. Are the names that I mentioned at the beginning of this segment, and that is Comey, Strzok, Page, or McCabe, Rosenstein, is that on point, Sarah, from what you've heard? Yes, it's on point. Uh, I have been told that many of the people that have been out already outed publicly in a lot of stories, um, stories that I've written, uh, stories that we've exposed on your show, Sean, uh, are players within this. Would that be would that be people, too? That Would that go to people like Susan Rice and Loretta Lynch and Eric Holder and Samantha Power? I guess that we'd have to wait and see how extensive this was when those documents are revealed to the public. I believe they will be they will be declassified for the public. Congressman, can you weigh in on that in any way? I can't get into the specific names mentioned. I can say generally that names are named. If this memo is released, and it should be, and the supporting intelligence information, we won't have to wonder who within the deep state was coordinating as a cabal to undermine our president. We'll know who it was. You're, we'll know right, what uh, they did. But, but this we'll is hard. This is hard for people to wrap their their minds around. You're saying that people coordinated with the distinct purpose of destroying President Trump and using the powerful weaponry of intelligence and other means to destroy him. That has been my contention for many months. Nothing I have seen today dissuades me from that contention. And if anything, you think you're more right than you ever thought? Unquestionably. These are not just claims anymore. You have the intelligence and you have the evidence to back up what many people have been saying for quite some time. And that's why it is so important to get this information out so that the American people can judge for themselves. I, I, I've, I've known this, but to hear the confirmation and know the evidence now exists... Well, I'm glad for my country, and I'm sad for my country. I'm sad that this could ever happen. I'm glad we're finally getting it exposed. We'll take a quick break. Matt Gates, Congressman Florida. Sarah Carter, investigative reporter. Fox News, investigative reporter. Uh, we're always running low on time. we got other issues we're going to get to in the next hour. We'll have a lot more on this tonight on Hannity. Final word, uh, Sarah Carter will join us. Matt Gates will join us tonight. Jim Jordan tonight. Um, will we get the whole truth, Congressman Gates? Oh, hang on. We just got rid of him. Oh, I thought we... Uh, you have 20 seconds left, my friend. you say that on the air or off yeah, the air? I said air? that on the air. Oh, you did, of course. Yeah, Lisa went home for the day, but I'm here. By the way, how many people called you when I called you Lisa? Because you... you I mean, Lisa? You cut school again Everyone yesterday. Everyone calls me when you make a mistake. Oh, good grief. We'll continue.
right, this was funny. Glad you're with us. News Roundup Information Overload Hour. So the president releases the highly anticipated fake news awards last night, and he sends it to GOP.com, and in seconds, and they had prepared for a lot of extra traffic and built up their service. Within seconds, the whole site crashed and went down because they couldn't handle the amount of traffic. Uh, all right, so it's really simple. Let me go through them quick. The Fake News Awards 2017, Paul Krugman claiming the day that President Trump wins the presidency. He says the markets will never recover from Trump. Well, the Dow hit a record high, 26,000. The second award goes to Brian Ross. And Brian Ross, of course, his report about you know, General Flynn. Well, it happened during his time he was, during the time that he was uh, working for Trump. No, that he was in the campaign. No, that didn't happen. It was when he was reaching out to his counterpart or soon-to-be counterpart. Number three, CNN falsely reporting candidate Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr. had access to hacked documents from WikiLeaks. Another false report, fake news report. Number four, by the way, CNN, we have renamed them the, the sh-hole fake news network number four time falsely reporting that trump this was on day one removed the bust of martin luther king jr from the oval office that's not true either number five goes to the washington post for falsely reporting that president when he had a massive sold-out rally in pensacola florida that the seats were empty only problem is they took pictures of the arena hours before the event number six was the edited video to make it appear that trump the president defiantly overfed the fish with a visit with the Japanese prime minister. Well, he was just following what the Japanese prime minister did because the Japanese prime minister led the way. Number seven, CNN falsely reporting Anthony Scaramucci's meeting with a Russian, but then they retracted it due to a significant breakdown in the process. Number eight, Newsweek, which probably which just got invaded by uh, the New York Uh, Police officers just raided their headquarters. That's pretty interesting. Anyway, Newsweek falsely reporting that the Polish first lady did not shake President Trump's hand. Well, we just happen to have real evidence of that. CNN gets number nine, reporting that the FBI director, former FBI director James Comey, would dispute President Trump's claim that he was told he's not under investigation. Uh, False. Number 10, the New York Times falsely claiming on the front page that the Trump administration had hidden a client re- uh, climate report. No, that wasn't true either. And last but not least, the last winner of the Fake News Awards 2017 goes to all of the media and their Russia collusion phony narrative, which is perhaps the greatest hoax ever perpetrated <clears throat> on you, the American people, because there is no collusion. But we did create nearly 2 million jobs. We have gained over $8 trillion in wealth. We now have hit 7,000 above when that when he got elected. Uh, African-Americans and Hispanics are enjoying the lowest unemployment rate in recorded history. The president signed historic tax cuts for relief for hardworking Americans, the biggest since Ronald Reagan. And President Trump's plan to cut regulations, oh, instead of two for every one, well, 22 for every one. The president's unleashed the energy boom. He's opened up Anwar. He has now saved the coal industry. He's now allowing natural gas and fracking to occur. ISIS is in retreat and have been crushed in Iraq and Syria. And the president followed through on his promise to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of the state of Israel. And with the president's encouragement, more members, member nations are paying their fair share with NATO. And he signed the Veterans Accountability and Whistleblower Protection Act and 
President Trump kept his promises appointing Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court. Here to weigh in, Danielle McLaughlin, attorney, constitutional expert, and D.C. McAllister with the Federalist and PJ Media. Um, I would say that that only is a tip of the iceberg, Danielle, about how bad the news media has been. And I think even you were probably embarrassed at their behavior with the president's doctor. Actually, I was, Sean. Hi, good afternoon. Hi, DC. Always good to be here. Yeah, you know, this press conference with the doctor, uh, it was it was puzzling and I think it was troubling for a number of reasons. There are far more things we have to worry about here. The president's health clearly isn't one of them, his height, his weight. Let's talk about the things that really matter. Why are Americans going to have to pay $80 to get into a national park? What are we doing about uh, plans for a greater use of nuclear weapons? What are we doing about North Korea? What are we doing about jobs? We've got good news. I think good news should be reported. But the job of the press is to hold the president to account, not to cross-examine his doctor. All right. You know, the idea, and then you got people like Dr. Liberal Joe Scarborough and, and Dr. Mika Brzezinski. They go on the air today and they're trashing this admiral who has who has been the doctor of Obama, George W. Bush, and now President Trump as if he's lying. I've never seen such behavior, behavior from people. D.C., well, I even read an article today, I think it was in the Washington Post, where they're calling on questioning the doctor's mental health because they didn't like what he had to say. It was ridiculous. I and mean, how they behaved, they were even, you could just see the glee, they were, or not glee, the, the angst. They just wanted desperately something to be wrong with this president, even asking about his life expectancy. You know, how long do you think he's really going to live? Like, they don't want him to make it to the next four years. This is, the press has become just an attack dog, of course, for the leftist ideology. Too much, too many outlets are acting like this. And it's bad for our society. It's bad for people running for office. But it's also, you know, this attack that they say from Donald Trump, they accuse him of attacking the free press. This word should really offend everyone because he's not attacking the free press. He's attacking a lying press, as he should. And many presidents have done this throughout history. Well, I mean, that's the point. I mean, you know, I don't understand that the media has ignored so many big stories. Don't you think it's a big story if, if James Comey, you're a lawyer, right? Yeah, sure. I'm lost on my check. Okay. So did you ever hear of a case where the FBI director and members of the FBI write an exoneration before they ever do the investigation? I know Months what you're before? referring to. I know what you're referring to, and I know the reporting that you're referring to. No, it's not reporting. We know because we have the actual early renditions of the exoneration of Hillary that was written months before the key members of that of that investigation were even talked to. No, and I know about it because it was reported in the press. You know, in all honesty, I understand there's a lot of negativity directed at the president, but I think some of them, some not of these things are Not answering my question at all. No, I know about it because the, James the press Comey writes, it. is writing draft, draft memos of an exoneration of Hillary as it relates to her email server scandal. But he didn't do the investigation. Did you ever hear of that before? Well, I heard about it through the press. Absolutely. I'm asking, did you ever hear about that type of behavior before? Oh, no, no. Did you ever hear about, for example, Comey taking it away from field agents and taking a special category just for Hillary Clinton? No, I have not heard of that Doesn't that sound like the FBI director at the time, James Comey, was putting the fix in and rigging an investigation so that Hillary can continue her run for the presidency? Well, in the end, James Comey totally blew up. You didn't answer the, the my presidential. question. So I, the, the, I look at the facts, right? So he issued a letter, two letters to Congress just before the election in October. Well, maybe was he afraid if he, he didn't do that on, on October 27th that it would be discovered one day that he had exonerated her without investigating? Maybe he was doing a CYA? I think there were a lot of people who thought that Hillary Clinton was going to win. And I think that he was it was a CYA because he didn't want to get to the other side of the election and have had health. But wait a minute. 
if, something from the American If he people. had followed the rule of law as it relates to the handling of classified, top-secret, special-access program information and the destruction of such and deleting and bleach bit and breaking up of blackberries, if he had done his job, she would have been indicted, right? I don't know enough to know that for sure. You know, like... I'm a lawyer, and specifically because of that, I'm not going to sit here and say she should have been indicted or she wouldn't be. I've well, got, is the I've mishandling got, like, of classified information a felony? Yes. Is the destruction of classified information a felony? Yes. Is the facts now proven? Did Comey even admit that it happened with Hillary? Yes. She sat before any number of congressional inquiries talking about not only Benghazi, but I didn't ask if she said there, there are felonies if you mishandle classified if information. If you do, yes. If I was under a subpoena by a congressional committee to hand over emails and I delete them and I acid wash my hard drive with bleach bit, does that, and then I broke up any devices I might have that had that information, does that sound like obstruction of justice to you? Well, there's a couple of things. Spoliation is not necessarily obstruction of justice, although it can be evidence They're of it, subpoenaed. number one. Why would you delete something that's subpoenaed? So I understand it as it's been reported, it was a contractor in Colorado that did this. This was specifically against the instructions of the Clinton campaign. I don't they believe that. I've never seen that. want them to. Yeah, absolutely. Then why, did she, is, then why did she have her personal assistants out there with hammers busting up the blackberries? Well, she's not the first person in the world to, to destroy a, a uh, to destroy you know, an iPad evidence? or something. Well, no, because these things these, are backed up electronically, see, as you well know. It sounds like destroying evidence and, and basically colluding to cover up and allow her candidacy to go further. Well, if the press had been doing its job and actually investigating these things as they're supposed to be doing, we would have had more information. There would have been more exposure of these kind of things that were going on behind the scenes. But we didn't have that. We don't have a press that's really doing the job it should be doing. Instead, they're, instead they're going after fake news stories like the Russian collusion instead of looking at into real things that are happening, holding real people in real situations accountable, and in telling the American people so that we're better informed. I mean, Daniel talked about facts. Well, we can't have the facts if the press isn't doing its job, and we need those facts. We need instead they're just looking at ways to persecute this president, and that press conference with the doctor was just embarrassing and more evidence of how they're just trying to build their own agenda and spew their own propaganda instead of actually doing investigative journalism the way that but they don't you be believe and then when they ignore uranium one now we had an 11 count exactly. indictment last week and now a congressional committee they, they now realize that they have to get back into the email server scandal so now that's now back in play then this whole dossier issue and you know, I'm I'm hearing from my sources. I'm only getting, you know, dribs and drabs of, of information. But I hear what the Department of Justice handed over is explosive on so many different levels as it relates to everything that happened there. Well, with all the misinformation that we're getting from the press, it's just creating a chaotic environment where people just throw up their hands and like they don't believe anybody. And this is a detrimental effect on our society and on our democracy. And we really need to be aware of this and hold the press to account in, in each other. Each outlet's holding each other to account because I think that's the best way to hold a check onto the press is the press itself doing it to each other. In which I think some outlets are doing a really good job of. But we need to hold them to account to get these facts so that we can actually have a civil society to live in. You know, I agree, but I don't think that fake news awards is a way of holding the press to account. The first, number one, sure is an is. opinion sure piece by way. Paul Krugman sure predicting predicting that the stock market would crash. He was wrong. The reason it's number one is because, obviously, and, and rightfully, President Trump is very, very proud of what he has done and what he has pushed in terms of growth and in terms of what corporations are bringing back from overseas. There are lots of good things, lots of good economic news coming out of this presidency, and he's right to put this at number one. But it was an opinion piece. It is not false. It is not 
meaningfully and, and intentionally false. Was it's it opinion. Not, not only was it false, I mean, it was beyond false. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Danielle McLaughlin, D.C. McAllister, as we continue. As we continue, the president gave out his fake news awards last night. Danielle McLaughlin, constitutional attorney, is with us. D.C. McAllister, the Federalist, and PJ Media is with us. Um, I just think that after a year of Russia collusion without any evidence, you would think, and every time the president goes in front of a crowd and he's at a rally and he starts pointing to the people in the back of the room, you know, they, you know, they basically start saying CNN sucks and I would think that if that was happening to my network, I might have to take a long, hard look at the network and say, "Okay, what are we doing wrong here? Your reaction, D.C.? They don't care because their goal is not truth. It's this propaganda that they have to defend an ideology that goes against the Republicans. And that we've just seen this time and time again, ever since the 90s, really, with Bill Clinton. You know, and they're just not doing their job as journalists in holding power to account. And we see it, and the American people resent it. And they, then they turn around when, when Trump does something like the fake news awards, which I think is hilarious. I think it's great. And I think that it's fine for the president to poke the, the press and to make fun of them or to criticize them. We've had that ever since, you know, listen to Teddy uh, Roosevelt in his muckraker speech. Back in 1906, he was going after the press, calling them a bunch of scoundrels and liars, and how that's bad for society. So this is not really anything new of a president doing this. And I think it can be effective because it does hold the the press to account because it exposes them. And, it, and you can tell because they're all angry about it. You know, this is your press. I mean, you know, I, I just think that if you are an American citizen, you're not being served by people that just advance one agenda and they don't do it with with any upfront honesty. They actually claim that they're news. Um, I would well, think, I think that that's I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Danielle. Look, I agree. Since George Washington didn't run for a third term, he didn't run for a third term because he was so upset about the press and the, the, he called them lying scoundrels, I think it was. So, DC, I take your point that since time immemorial, only since before and after the First Amendment was even signed into the Bill of Rights, presidents have stood up for the idea of a free press, but have really not liked the media in many ways because the media have stood up to them and sometimes the media have got it wrong, but they've held presidents to account and that is their job. They are the proxies of the people and whether you're a liberal or a conservative, I think you have to stand for this. You are, we're not in well, Turkey. Nobody, wait We're a not in Iran. All right, but America. so the president also has First Amendment rights, and the media has been so wrong so often. Can you, we've had a year worth of Trump-Russia collusion. Can you give me any evidence after a year of that? No, and that's because Bob Mueller's doing his job, and it's under wraps. Excuse me. I don't believe Bob. What has Bob Mueller done that it has anything to do with Trump-Russia collusion? It had nothing to do with ha- what happened to General Flynn and nothing to do with what happened with Paul Manafort. So tell me, where is the evidence after all this time and all these stories and all this coverage? What do we have? Well, Nothing. what we have, we know that Mueller's looking into obstruction. We know that Mueller's looking into whether President Trump fired Comey because Comey was trying to uh, stop the investigation and certainly lay well, off Michael Flynn. Wait a minute. The DOJ, That's not okay. the DOJ sent over information today to the House Intel Committee, and I am told that this should result in the firing of Peter Strzok, of this guy Bruce Orr, of McCabe, of Rosenstein himself, and justifies, will prove to justify that what the president did with Comey was a thousand percent right. And by the way, the president has the right to fire whoever he wants to fire. He absolutely does, but he can't do it to obstruct an ongoing investigation. That's obstruction of justice, and that's what he's looking into. Okay, you're not going to get it. Good luck. Spelled out in my opening statement, my prepared statement, um, the first time I recall hearing about the hack into the DNC, and I recalled that it had been some months before I was learning of this, that the FBI and the DNC had been in contact with each other about this. And I was not very happy to be learning about it several months later. 
very clearly. Well, there's, there's two things, I guess, going on. The DNC hack was, uh, at, at some point in time, what was the delay between the hacks that, that FBI was aware of, or who found the hacks to the, to the, or the scanning, as you call it, of uh, the various uh, voter registration systems, the, tr- the attempted intrusions, perhaps, into the voter records? Who, who discovered that? And if it was the FBI, then how long was there a delay between uh, that and your... Because using your analogy of the cop and the fireman, that the flames are going up, we need the fireman there first. And so uh, what, how, what was that delay between the, the, the infrastructure that we're concerned My about? My recollection, and part of this is from open source reporting I've, I've read more recently, is that the FBI first discovered the intrusion. That's my recollection. Intrusion of the state systems. Into the DNC. Okay. Uh, the, and I recall very clearly that there was a delay between that initial contact with the DNC and when the report got to me as secretary of DHS. It may have been that there were others at the staff level in DHS who were privy to this before it filtered up to me in an intelligence report, but that's my, that's my recollection. Under my understanding, the Capitol Police is not able to confiscate members' equipment when the member is not under investigation. It is their equipment, and it's supposed to be returned. Well, I think there's extenuating circumstances in this case, and I think I think that you know, working through my counsel and you know the necessary personnel, if if that in fact is the case, and with the permission of through the investigation, and we'll return the equipment. But until that's accomplished, I can't return the equipment. I think you're violating the rules when you when you conduct your business that way and should expect that there would be consequences. Uh, Let me just be very clear. At no point during my tenure at the DNC was I contacted by the FBI, DHS, or any government agency or alerted or made aware that they believed that the Russians, an enemy state, was intruding on our network. At no point. And I am a member of Congress who had the ability to sit down and be briefed in a classified setting. Even Director Comey testified publicly that he wished that he had gone to the top of the organization. We're one of the two national political parties. It is astounding that when they had a member of Congress who was leading that organization, that no one felt it was any more important when we had a foreign enemy intruding on one of the two political parties' networks to do anything more than lob a phone call in to our tech support through our main switchboard. But how can both That's be outrageous. true? I mean, Secretary Johnson says the DNC rebuffed the help that they offered. You're saying that no one ever contacted you. <laughs> Respectfully, Secretary Johnson is, is, is utterly misinformed. That is simply not accurate. And much that has been, has been written about the timeline of events by the New York Times, the Washington Post, that document through multiple sources, including me, uh, that, uh, that the, the FBI and other federal agencies did virtually nothing to make sure that when they were aware at the point that they were aware that there was, or concerned that there was an intrusion on our network by the Russians, that they did virtually nothing to sound the alarm bells to make us aware of that. And they left, essentially, the Russians on our network for more than, for almost a year. I kept him on the payroll during the time that he was not arrested and not charged with anything, and that was because, as I said, that I was concerned about the violation of his due process rights, and also that there were racial and ethnic profiling concerns as well. Now, another breaking story we have, now we're just playing, you know, this goes to the whole Debbie Wasserman Schultz issue, 
And if you remember, she had this IT worker. And as a result, we now are getting information from the Daily Caller that there's a House report that has concluded that Pakistanis actually made unauthorized access to congressional servers. This is another story completely ignored by the mainstream media. That means hostile actors. Well, that would mean classified information again, just like in the Hillary email case and top secret and special access program information. And remember, all the other Democrats got rid of this guy, Imran Awan, who was the guy that was uh, responsible you know, for hiring people that worked at McDonald's and hiring people that, that worked at car dealerships that had no, no knowledgeable background in IT at all, and they were double billing. Anyway, Luke Rosiak, who's been all over the story, joins us uh, with today's developments. How are you, sir? I'm good, Sean. Thanks for having me. So, uh, well, before, we hang on, before you tell uh-huh. us about the new stuff, I, you, you got to set the table because this is separate and apart from Uranium One. This is separate and apart from the dossier, the email server scandal. So I want you to, because it, it begins to get confusing to people, even me, and I live this day and night. So I want you to just go back, set the foundation for everybody. Sure. So I've been saying for the last year, and we've talked about this a couple times, that shortly before the 2016 election, the House of Representatives was the victim of a major cyber breach by a family of Pakistanis who had been hired by Democrats as IT aides. And, you know, there was no shortage of information that these guys are really bad guys, even tied to Hezbollah, running, uh, moving millions of dollars around. Uh, their own mother said that they were being kept in cap- – she was. they were keeping her in captivity. These are just really frightening guys, and they had access to all the emails and all the data of 44 44- – Democrats. They could read everything. A lot of the people they worked for were on committees like national, like foreign affairs and intelligence. And these guys were fired uh, like right after the election. But the Democrats started being super, super sensitive and sketchy about what was going on. And I've been saying for a long time that it was a cyber breach. I've now obtained a report written by the House's nonpartisan watchdog, the Office of Inspector General. Now, they did a four-month investigation, and they concluded they came out with a report that had the headline, Unauthorized Access. It talked about a server being used for nefarious purposes in the House of Representatives. They talked about reading and removing information. It said that this guy, Imran Awan, and his family had logged in thousands of times to House servers they had no connection to, including 15 members of Congress that they didn't work for at all. And they had even logged in using members' personal usernames. So they were impersonating members of Congress. They were moving files off the network. They were taking steps to conceal their activity, according to the House Inspector General. And even after they were fired, they continued to log in. So if there were any doubt, is this some misunderstanding? Is there a reasonable explanation for this? When you fire a guy for doing something wrong and he keeps logging into your server anyway, I mean, there's really no other way to construe that. So this is an incredible IG report. It's an official government report from the House representatives. Um, And so for anyone who claims to care about hacking, uh, this all happened at the same time the DNC was hacked. Uh, You know, this is all part of the same atmosphere of the audio that you played where the Democrats now, they're always talking about Russia and how terrible it is to be hacked. But if you look at at the time, the FBI was telling the DNC that they were hacked and the DNC didn't care. Uh, It's even worse in the House of Representatives. They lied about it. They got this report from the inspector general whose job it is to investigate this kind of thing. And after they fired these guys, they got the 44 members whose data was jeopardized by these guys, and they lied to them about why they were being fired. They said it was about a theft investigation. The word theft did not even appear in the final report from the IG. It was a cybersecurity investigation. Wait, the word what didn't appear? 
the word theft. They're acting like it's a criminal, you know, it's about right. money disappearing, it's about bank fraud. When you look at what the inspector general who did this case did, it was entirely a cybersecurity, a cyber breach case. It doesn't talk about theft. We, in fact, the only time it talk, talks about theft is that they had this server, which is the House Democratic Caucus server. Now, that's a sister group of the DNC, and it exists physically in the House. Now, they were taking data, it seems like, from 15 other members of Congress, and it seems like they were putting it on to the House Democratic Caucus server. And so the cops begin watching it as part of this cybersecurity probe. And while they're watching it, and this is really the prime evidence, the entire server, presumably with all that data on it, disappeared. So the only theft, you could say, was this incredible example of tampering with the criminal investigation and stealing evidence from under a cop's nose. So any member of Congress who is concerned about data, and these are concerned about cybersecurity, and these are members on the Intelligence Committee, we trust these guys to be prudent when make good decisions. Um, at the point where there's unauthorized access, and then an entire server with your data on it is stolen um, to act like this is a theft case is almost Orwellian. I mean, this is this is a major cyber breach. But the most troubling thing about it is not even that it happened, as if that's not bad enough. It's that members have completely misrepresented it. So why would Democrats lie about the House Democratic Caucus being hacked right before the election? It really blows your mind. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing you know i mean i guess at the end of the day here how many different ways are we going to have america's security hacked into by foreign entities that don't like us and allow this to continue because it's the same like for example you know one of the things that frustrated me the dnc hack um and i think i'm the only person that ever interviewed julian assange five times but he was very clear it wasn't russia or a state of any kind now that goes into the, the whole issue of the Mueller investigation. That goes into the issue, and frankly, it's connected here in some ways. So now the question is, okay, well, if you didn't get the information from Russia, why do we have a special counsel? And number two, uh, if he's the one person that uploaded the information, wouldn't he be the one person that knows where it came from? Right, and I think it gets to the idea that our and, Democrats— And, and by the way, I don't care if people like him or not. It does, that's irrelevant in this case. Right. And, and when Democrats are saying, you know, we're, we're so mad because we got hacked and we say it's by Russia, are you really mad or is this an excuse that you needed to justify losing the election? Because there are all kinds of signs that they don't actually care about being hacked. And to me, the worst thing about it is that the DNC is just merely a political group. I mean, when you've got classified information coming out from the Hillary Clinton State Department and Huma Abedin's putting it out there and they didn't care, and then you've got the House of Representatives the U.S. government being hacked and they don't care. I mean, you're telling me that you value political information more than well, that's the point. But the U.S. government, that's politics. That's party over country. Well, well, then why would they hide that? Why would they be so against us knowing about it? Right. And it's not a rational uh, it's not a rational response. And I think that's why you're not seeing media coverage is they assume that if Democrats were hacked, they'd be saying so. Well, now you can see the report. The IG report is out there. It's not really in dispute. Uh, you know, anyone who is in good faith and wants to look into this, they will see that there was this major breach. And then you can see the bizarre response. Now, people on the Hill have been saying that these, this family of IT aides, uh, they suspect them of um, basically engaging in a kickback scheme with a handful of members where they were, you know, putting no show in 
employees on the payroll and splitting the money. And some of them even think they were blackmailing members with their own data. I think that becomes very, very credible. I really do, based on their response to this, because there is no reason they should be okay with this kind of cybersecurity breach and to go to such lengths to avoid addressing it. The other thing is the prized Russia narrative. I think if you look at the facts of this, this was the House Democratic Caucus, which is a DNC sister organization, being hacked in the same month as the DNC. And they caught the guy who did it, and he wasn't Russian, he was Pakistani, and I think they're worried that either they're going to find out that he really did hack the DNC, or at least that it's going to muddle the narrative. And they, they, they care about the narrative, they don't care about actually being hacked. It's all about narrative. Now, when we first found out that this was questionable, Imran Awan and his family, that they had been double billing and that they had people not qualified to work in IT... The other people besides Debbie Wasserman Schultz, they were willing to let those people go. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, though, there was a police report indicating, you know, number one, well, we saw a video of her fighting to get back a laptop that the police had, the Metro Police. And then, of course, we have this aide, Imran Awan, planting the computer in this phone booth for investigators to find. So what's the latest right. there? So this guy, the day after I reported that the FBI had seized smashed hard drives from this guy, he got on literally the next flight to Pakistan. He tried to, and the FBI arrested him at the airport. And uh, the prime evidence in that case is now uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz's laptop. So she hired a lawyer to prevent uh, the cops from looking at it, and eventually his lawyer said, attorney-client privilege, we're going to keep you from looking at it. So right now it's basically up to Imran Awan whether you know everyone gets to see Debbie Wasserman Schultz's laptop. So there's another point of leverage for him there, and it gets back to this idea of potential blackmail. I've got to run. Do you think that Debbie Wasserman Schultz... Uh Maybe going to jail? Um, you know, I think it could be Nancy Pelosi not necessarily going to jail, but this is the leadership of the of the entire Democratic Party. The way that they handled this whole thing, it really uh, it sacrificed national security at the expense of politics, uh, which is a terrible thing. And I, I don't see how Democrats let themselves get hacked by Pakistanis right. with this kind of track record without some seriously frightening stuff going on. All right. Thank you, Luke Rosiak, 800-941-SHOT. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. Do not miss tonight's show. Information you won't get anywhere. All right, so the DOJ gives us this information. The information now shows that everything we have been telling you is true. Now we got to get it out to the public. We have uh, Jim Jordan. We have Matt Gates. We have Sarah Carter. We have Greg. Je- just you, you're going to want to see this show. All right, set your DVR. Hope you'll join us 9 Eastern tonight on the Fox News Channel. We'll have the very latest on all of this. That's it for today. See you back here tomorrow. See you tonight at 9. Hey, if you want a firearm that is easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, it is a portable rifle that you can put together, take apart in just minutes, and then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case that it comes in. It's so small, you can store it pretty much anywhere, and it's light enough to carry everywhere. Now, it comes in black and two different camo patterns, and you can pick one up for three to 400 bucks, depending on the finish. Check out their videos. Go to their website. It's one word, henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order their free catalog. 
Now, Henry makes more than 200 rifles and shotguns and revolvers, all made in America, all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website, henryusa.com. Get their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's henryusa.com. Free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Who does Sean Hannity choose when diversifying his savings with gold and silver? None other than the top-rated precious metals company, GoldCo. GoldCo is a seven-time Inc. 5000 winner with thousands of five-star reviews, and they've helped tens of thousands of Americans place over $2 billion in gold and silver. They're Sean Hannity's top choice. And right now, they're offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last. Go to HannityGold.com to learn more. That's HannityGold.com. 